Dear listeners, you are about to listen to the Shorter Catechism of St. Philaret of Moscow. St. Philaret also wrote the Longer Catechism of the Orthodox Church. This is read every day in a five-minute broadcast on the podcast channel named Daily Catechism of the Orthodox Church. Once again, that is Daily Catechism of the Orthodox Church. If you would like to join this daily podcast, please find it in your podcast app. If you have difficulty, you can send an email to the address shown in the program notes and uh, the link for the podcast can be sent to you directly. Catechism of St. Philaret of Moscow Introduction to the Shorter Catechism 1. What learning is most needful for all men? Christian learning 2. Why? Because it leads us to God, to everlasting salvation, or in other words, to everlasting happiness. 3. How can we draw near to God? By thought, desire and deed. 4. Who draws near to God by thought? He who rightly believes in Him. 5. Who draws near to God by desire? He who prays to him. 6. Who draws near to God by deed? He who walks after God's will and law. 7. Whence may we best learn how to believe aright? From the Creed. 8. Whence may we learn how to pray? from the Lord's Prayer. 9. Whence how to walk after God's will and law? From the Ten Commandments. Of the Creed. 10. How is the Creed divided? Into 12 articles. 11. What is the first article of the Creed? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. 12. What points of our belief are contained in this article? The following. 1. God is one. 2. Being one in essence, he is yet three in persons. 3. The first person of the Trinity is God the Father. 4. 
God, thus one in three persons, made heaven and earth, and all things visible and invisible. 5. God sustains by his power and governs all things. 13. What is the second article of the Creed? And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. 14. What points of our belief are taught in this article? The following. 1. The second person of the Holy Trinity is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. 2. Jesus Christ is the one only Son of God, and there is no other Son of God in such sense as He. 3. The Son of God is begotten of God the Father before all worlds and all times and so is co-eternal with the Father. 4. Jesus Christ is very God, begotten of very God, and is of one substance with the Father. 5. The Son is not made, but all things were made by Him. 15. What is the third article of the Creed? who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. 16. What are we here taught to believe of the Son of God? We are taught to believe as follows. 1. The Son of God came down from heaven and took upon him the nature of man that is, a reasonable soul and human flesh, was made man without ceasing to be God and dwelt on earth where he was called Jesus Christ. 2. Jesus Christ was born on earth of the Most Holy Virgin Mary, who conceived him by the operation of the Holy Spirit and remaineth ever virgin. 3. Jesus Christ came on earth to save men from sin, in which they are born and live, and from death, to which they have been condemned ever since the fall of Adam. 17. What is the fourth article of the Creed? And was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate, and suffered and was buried. 18. What do these words teach us to believe of Jesus Christ, the Son of God? That 1. He was nailed to a cross, suffered many things, died and was buried. 2. He endured all this not for himself, being wholly innocent and sinless, but for us. That is 3. He endured all the penalties due to all the sins of men and death itself in order to deliver us from sin and death. 19. 
what is the fifth article of the creed and rose again the third day according to the scriptures 20 what are we here taught of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ the third day after his death rose from the tomb as had been foretold of him in the books of the prophets 21 what is the sixth article of the creed and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the father 22 what doth this teach us of jesus christ that jesus christ on the 40th day after his resurrection ascended with his body into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of god the father being equal to him in power and glory 23 what is the seventh article of the creed and he shall come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end 24 what doth this teach us of jesus christ that jesus christ shall come again from heaven in glory to judge all men both the living and the dead who shall all rise again to be judged 25 what is the eighth article of the creed and i believe in the holy spirit the lord the giver of life who proceedeth from the father who with the father and the son together is worshipped and glorified who spake by the prophets 26 what part of our belief is contained in this article that part which relates to the holy spirit as follows one the holy spirit is the third person of the blessed trinity two the holy spirit proceeds from god the father three the holy spirit with god the father and the son giveth life to all creatures and specially spiritual life to men four the same worship and glory which belongeth to the father and the son belongeth also to the holy spirit as true lord and god five when the prophets and apostles declared god's will to men or wrote the sacred books they spake by inspiration of the holy spirit 27 what is the ninth article of the creed i believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church 28 what are we here taught that the true christian church is one holy catholic or ecumenical and apostolic that is derived from the apostles to us without break or change and so to be continued to the end of the world and therefore it is our duty to reverence her and obey her and flee all schism that is separation from the one orthodox church 29 what is the tenth article of the creed i acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins 30 
what part of our belief is contained in this article. The doctrine of the mystery or sacrament of holy baptism, which every believer must receive once. 31. Why is baptism called a mystery? Because of the grace which mysteriously worketh in it. 32. Are there any other sacraments besides baptism? The sacraments in all are seven. 1. Baptism 2. Chrismation 3. Communion 4. Confession 5. Orders 6. Matrimony 7. The anointing of the sick 33. In what consists baptism? In this, that the believer is immersed thrice in water, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. 34. Why are we baptized? To the end that we may be mystically washed from sin and receive a new life of grace. 35. In what consists chrismation? In this, that the baptized is anointed with holy chrism, while the minister pronounces the sacramental words, the seal of the gift of the Holy Spirit. 36. In what consists communion? In this, that the believer under the form of bread communes of the very body of Christ, and under the form of wine, of the very blood of Christ. 37. What are the benefits which he receives thereby? He is made one with Christ, and in him a partaker of eternal life. 38. In what consists confession? In this, that he who has sinned after baptism confesses his sins before a priest and through him receives pardon, absolution from Jesus Christ himself. 39. In what consists the sacrament of orders? In this, that by laying on of the bishop's hands, power is given to perform or minister sacraments. 40. In what consists the sacrament of matrimony? In this, that on the free consent of the man and woman, their union is blessed in the church, for an image of the union of Christ with his church. 41. In what consists the anointing of the sick? In this, that the sick is anointed with oil, while grace is prayed for to heal him. 42. What is the eleventh article of the Creed? I look for the resurrection of the dead. 43. What are we taught here? That all men who are dead shall at a certain time, foreordained of God, rise again with their bodies, which shall thenceforth be incorruptible and immortal. 44. What is the twelfth article of the Creed? And the life of the world to come. 45. 
what is taught in this, that after the general resurrection and Christ's judgment, there shall be an everlasting life in which believers who have ended their course on earth in repentance and good works shall receive everlasting bliss, but impenitent sinners shall suffer everlasting torment. Of the Lord's Prayer 46. How may the Lord's Prayer be divided? Into the preface, seven petitions, and the doxology. 47. What is the preface? Our Father, which art in heaven. 48. Why has Jesus Christ commanded us to call upon God by the name of Father? To this end, that we should stand before God in prayer, not only with fear as servants before their Lord, but also with love and hope as children before their Father. 49. What is the first petition of the Lord's Prayer? Hallowed be thy name. 50. What ask we hereby of God? We ask his help. 1. That his holy name may be hallowed both in our hearts and on our lips. Also, 2. That by our holy deeds and lives we may contribute to spread his glory among men. 51. What is the second petition of the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come. 52. What ask we hereby of God? We ask his help, that sin reign not in us, but that the Spirit of God may lead us to good and happiness. 53. What is the third petition of the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done as in heaven, so also on earth. 54. What ask we hereby? In this petition we offer the sacrifice of our will to God, and ask him to do with us as seemeth him good of his wisdom, likewise that all men may be brought to obey his will on earth, even as it is obeyed perfectly by the angels in heaven. 55. What is the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily bread. 56. What ask we hereby? We ask God of his good providence to give us what is necessary for us to subsist as food, clothes, lodging, and we ask this for today only, without further care for the future, because such care would be inconsistent with trust in God. 57. What is the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer? And forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. 58. What ask we hereby? We ask God to forgive us our sins, as we also forgive them that have sinned against us 
or wronged us. 59. But what if we do not forgive others? Then we can expect no forgiveness ourselves of God, and so it is absolutely necessary to forgive injuries and strive to be at peace with all men. 60. What is the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer? And lead us not into temptation. 61. What ask we hereby? We ask God not to suffer the devil to deceive us in any wise or draw us into sin. 62. What is the seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer? But deliver us from evil. 63. What ask we hereby? We ask God to deliver us from all evil and misery. 64. What is the doxology after the Lord's Prayer? For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 65. Why is this added after the Lord's Prayer? that he who prays may not only ask mercies for himself from the Almighty and all-ruling God, but also offer him that glory which is his by right. 66. What meaneth the word, Amen? It is a word of spiritual affirmation. It means, verily, truly, or so be it. of the Ten Commandments. 67. What is the first commandment of God's law? I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have none other gods but me. 68. What doth God command hereby? In this commandment God teaches us, one, with our mind to acknowledge him, two, with our heart to believe in him, trust in him and love him, three, with our lips to confess and glorify him, four, with our whole being to worship him and with all our might devoutly to serve him, five, beside the one true God, neither to invoke nor honour any false God, nor give to creatures that honour which belongeth to God only. 69. What are we to think of the holy angels and holy men? We ought not to honour them as we honour God, but as God's servants, who may present our prayers to God and minister to us his grace. Wherefore we should also ask help through them of God. 70. What is the second commandment? Thou shalt not make unto thyself any graven image, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor serve them. 71. What doth God forbid in this commandment? He forbids us to worship idols. 
72. What is an idol? The material representation of any creature or of any imaginary deity which is worshipped instead of the true God. 73. What are we to think of icons? Icons, that is, representations of the true God in the flesh and of his saints are rightly used for the spiritual remembrance of the works of God and of his saints, and it is right to pray before them to God and to his saints. Nevertheless, this right and godly honour of icons may be abused so as to become the sin of idolatry. If anyone honours only the holy icons themselves and trusts in their material substance, without raising up his mind and heart to Christ and his saints whom they represent. 74. What is the third commandment? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. 75. What doth God forbid hereby? He forbids us to use the name of God amiss. 76. When may we rightly use the name of God? We may rightly use the name of God in prayer, in spiritual instruction, and in lawful oaths, when required by authority, and that with fear and reverence. 77. But in common talk may we exclaim, as many do, or swear by the name of God. No, this is contrary to the third commandment. 78. What is the fourth commandment? Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou work, and do all that thou hast to do. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord thy God. 79. What doth God command hereby? To work six days in the week, and do all that belongs to our worldly calling, but to keep the seventh day holy to God, that is, to set it apart for prayer, for spiritual instruction, and works of faith. 80. Why ought we to keep holy the seventh day? because God made the world in six days, and on the seventh day rested from all his works. 81. Which particular day of the seven ought we to keep? In old time they kept the Sabbath, or Saturday, but since the resurrection of Christ, the Christian Church keeps the day of the resurrection, or the Lord's Day, Sunday. 82. Are there not also other days to be kept holy? There are, first, the feasts of our Lord. Secondly, those of the Most Holy Virgin, the Mother of God. Thirdly, those of the saints. Fourthly, fast days, which are to be kept holy by observing such abstinence as is enjoined by the Church. 83. What is the fifth commandment? 
Honour thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long upon the earth. 84. What doth God command hereby? He commands us to honour and obey our parents. 85. Is it only our parents that we are to honour? The same commandment teaches us also to honour all who in diverse relations stand to us in the place of parents, as one, the sovereign who is the common father of the whole people and empire, two, spiritual pastors and teachers, three, elders, guardians and benefactors, four, governors and masters. 86. What is the sixth commandment? Thou shalt do no murder. 87. What doth God forbid hereby? He forbids us to take away men's lives by force or guile, or in any way to disturb the peace of our neighbour, and so this commandment forbids also all strife, wrath, hatred, envy and cruelty. 88. What is the seventh commandment? Thou shalt not commit adultery. 89. What doth God forbid hereby? He forbids adultery and all irregular and unclean carnal lust, and likewise all that may tend to excite unlawful desires, as 1. Drunkenness 2. Indecent and shameless words or gestures 3. The reading of evil books 4. Singing or listening to immoral songs 5. Looking upon immoral pictures or shows 90. What is the eighth commandment? Thou shalt not steal 91. What doth God forbid hereby? To take by force or guile anything that is not our own. 92. What is the ninth commandment? Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbour. 93. What doth God forbid hereby? He forbids us to bear false witness against any man in court or out of court, to slander, defame, or revile any, either to his face or behind his back, or under any circumstances, to lie or deceive. 94. What is the tenth commandment? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's wife, thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's house, nor his field, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox, nor his donkey, or any other beast, nor any other thing that is his. 95. What doth God forbid hereby? He forbids us not only to do evil, but even so much as to desire it, or think of it, that we may not, from evil thoughts and desires, go on to evil deeds. 96. How are we to keep ourselves from evil deeds, desires and thoughts? 
we should ever bear in mind that the holy, righteous and almighty God constantly seeth and upon the first thought of sin we should say with Joseph the son of Jacob how shall I do this wickedness and sin against God here endeth the shorter catechism Thank you.